The Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. In virtual worship, we gather this autumn Sunday. Let us worship God in spirit and in truth. The liturgy, music, sermon, and cantata are offered in the praise of God for our virtual congregation through WBUR 90.9 FM and our listenership now and later at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership, ministry, and service in our midst, and as the Spirit moves, when one day it is again possible, your presence with us here in worship. Today's service of worship includes, as is our decade-long practice on Cantata Sundays, the dialogue sermon, new this week, recorded Thursday, November 5th, along with music and liturgy rebroadcast from earlier services. Our heartfelt thanks to Dr. Jarrett and Ms. Cole for their voices shared in the sermon this week. Please also visit our website for information and guidance in this challenging season regarding current pastoral care, ministry, education, program, and service. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it.
may we pray. O God, whose blessed Son came into the world that he might destroy the works of the devil and make us children of God and heirs of eternal life, grant that hoping this hope we may purify ourselves as he is pure, that when he comes again with power and great glory, we may be made like him in his eternal and glorious kingdom, where he lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A lesson from the book of Genesis, chapter 32, verses 24 through 30. Jacob wrestles at Peniel. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket. And Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then the man said, let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So the man said to him, what is your name? And Jacob said, Jacob. Then the man said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel saying, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in saying verses from Psalm 145 with the antiphon. Gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Lord is good to all, and his compassion is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your faithful shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power. To make known to all people your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and gracious in all his deeds. The Lord upholds all who are failing and reduces all who are then as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. Glory to 
the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. Glory to you, O Lord. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be compared to ten maidens who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those maidens rose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, Perhaps there will not be enough for us and for you. Go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other maidens came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The dilemma of today's parable is the dilemma of our very lives. Much of life is simply a long wait. Don't we know it this week? Don't we know it this first week in November 2020? Change comes, but not as fast as we would like. Change comes, but not as fully as we would like. Change comes, but not just as we would like. So stand up, stand firm, stand ready, stand strong, and watch, for you know neither day nor hour. Our gospel has made use of a story known elsewhere in antiquity, the power of the wedding, as you know from other parts of Holy Scripture, stood at the very pinnacle of experience and religious teaching in antiquity. Here the gospel writer has appended a very noble encouragement to watchfulness to someone else's parable, now rearranged near the end of the first century of the common era. Our more trustworthy manuscripts include the bride too. Ten maidens went to meet the bridegroom and the bride. In fact, nowhere in antiquity do maidens await simply the bridegroom. They await the bride. The wedding is about the bride, friends, then and now. That is why we call these ten bridesmaids. They attend the bride, and especially in the great exaltation of the translation, from home to home, from parents to spouse, like the sun rising from the eastern heavens daily, the bridegroom with the bride runs the course with joy. So why has the writer eliminated the bride? He does so to make the parable fit the church's biggest spiritual disappointment keenly and painfully suffered by 90 A.D. Disappointed hope, hope deferred, hope like that fiery hope of 1 Thessalonians suddenly left empty. Christ was risen from the dead, which must mean 
the end of time, which must mean his return in power and glory, which must mean the soon and very soon parousia, the coming of the Lord. But 30 AD became 50 AD, and 50 AD became 70 AD, and 70 AD became 85 AD, and the bridegroom, here shorn of bride, clearly a figure of Christ, delays. He delays. The parable is not about waiting the return of Christ, but about living through a long wait. The maidens, the bridesmaids, some prepared and some not, all have to wait. And it is a long wait. And that is just the point. You may think of a woman waiting to give birth. You may think of a population long enslaved waiting for justice to roll down like waters. You may think of a war-torn region, the setting for endless decades of mayhem and war and violence, waiting for the dawn of peace. You may think of a doctoral student waiting for that final report, the dissertation finished. You may think of a denomination waiting the simple wisdom to affirm the full humanity of gay people. You may think of those afflicted and infected with a deadly virus or fearing such for their loved ones, awaiting a vaccine for healing. You may think of a man hoping for a job and daily awaiting a letter. You may think of a physician attending a patient suffering from a mental illness, hoping against hope for a delayed cure. You may think of a lonely woman, a tithing Christian, waiting for a pastor to leave off further libraries and degrees and come to her church and come to her house and make a visit and say a prayer. Or, say this week, you may think of a country born with liberty and justice for all, awaiting an election resolution with liberty and justice for all, with all votes counted. Whether or not the full range of doctrine and teaching in Christianity has yet convinced you to move from the worship of selfishness to the joy of generosity, surely, at least at this point, you would admit its congruence with your experience. That is, faith and life both are a long wait. And today, that is just the point. How shall we trim our lamps for the wait? The parable moves quickly to the importance of preparation. A little patience, a little persistence, oil for the lamps during the long wait, patience, the patience of Job, patience is a virtue, love, joy, peace, patience, patient and suffering. Persistence, persistent prayer, persistence as insistence, to exist is to persist, labor omnia winket, the persistence of Paul, pray without ceasing. The life of faith, the spiritual life, carries us down into the caverns of experience. Our steadiness in faith, our reliance on faith, are most clear to us when everything else is murky, misty, dark, and dank, say, this week. Faith is only faith when is all you have left to go on. Two registers of the spiritual life, the life of faith, down in the declivities and caves of time, are patience and persistence. Over the course of a week or a year or a lifetime, one needs both. You need both. You need both the passive attentiveness of patience 
and the active resistance of persistence. One is the brake pedal, that is patience. You are careening downhill. Your plan, your work, your friendship, your marriage, your culture, your profession are going south. You need a way to put a foot on the brakes, to slow the decline, to ease the demise. Patience can help you to do that one day at a time. Sleep on it. Things will look better in the morning. Patience is your way of managing the rolling ride downhill. The other is the accelerator, the gas pedal. That is persistence. You are looking uphill. The climb is before you and the incline daunting. Your plan, your work, your friendship, your marriage, your culture, your profession are all in the balance. Nothing is for sure. Nothing is taken for granted. You can rest, but later. Now, you need to put the pedal to the metal and climb the hill. Slow and steady wins the day. Keep on keeping on, one step at a time. Persistence is your way of empowering the grinding ride uphill. As Maggie Smith writes, keep moving. Both patience and persistence are underrated virtues. They shy away from the limelight. They don't do well in the bright light. But for your faith, your communal shared faith, to quicken and to continue, you will need both patience and persistence. For sustenance, energy, endurance in the long wait, you and I need both. Some of you are more naturally patient. Make sure you practice persistence too. Some of you are more naturally persistent. Make sure you practice patience too. My dear friend, Dr. Jarrett, how is our Bach experience this morning, a patient and persistent meditation on mortality, meant to teach and guide us? Since 2007, Music at Marsh Chapel has programmed the cantatas of Bach in a regular, say, persistent annual series featuring these works and their original liturgical design as musical sermons. In this context, it was Bach's task to work through the theological ideas at hand, these cantatas comprising solo arias, recitatives, choruses, and chorales, with librettos using both scripture and free poetic texts, typically last about 20 to 30 minutes. In 2017, we focused on cantatas Bach composed in July and August of 1723 during his first weeks in Leipzig as cantor at the St. Thomas Church. Each cantata is a masterpiece in miniature, and we continue today to marvel at the astonishing invention, creativity, and complexity revealed note by note. Cantata 95, Christus der ist mein Leben, takes up one of the most difficult but ubiquitous themes of Bach's day, how to reconcile and countenance our own mortality. Our program annotator writes, Consider that pre-Enlightenment Germany saw death and devastation in the Thirty Years' War previously unknown to Europe since the 14th century, and that Bach himself was orphaned at age 10 and lost his first wife and 10 of his 20 children. Death was all around. The promise of immediate salvation cultivated a cultural longing for it and served as a powerful call to faith. Serving to teach, remind, and also comfort, 
Bach drew on four different familiar hymns or chorales that serve as the foundation for this seven movement cantata. These tunes and texts serve as a beacon to the believer, a tuneful and memorable transmission of theology. Here are their texts. Christ, he is my life, to die is my gain. To it do I surrender myself, with joy I go yonder. With peace and joy I go there, according to the will of God. Death has become my sleep. I would bid you farewell, you evil false world. In heaven it is good to dwell. Since Christ is, since Christ is risen from the dead, I will not remain in the grave. Your last word is my ascension. Death's fear you can drive away. For where you are, there do I come, that I may always live and be with you. Therefore, I depart with joy. These chorales establish the orthodoxy around which the believer can begin to reconcile his own personal response and call. Musically, the four chorale settings also offer a compositional guide to the possibilities of setting chorale tunes. The first is set as an orchestral chorale fantasia with each phrase of the chorale set off by exuberant motives from the oboe and strings in G major. The second, heard as the concluding section of the first movement, casts the chorus in counterpoint with the oboes and horn set over a more rhythmic walking bass line. The soprano soloist takes up the third chorale in a little aria that becomes a sweet devotional song with two oboes d'amore in unison, encouraging her song. The, con the cantata concludes with a four-part setting of the fourth chorale in an expected way with the notable addition of a fifth voice as descant in the first violin part. The most remarkable music of the cantata is reserved for the tenor soloist who, through his clarity of faith, teaches Bach's congregants a possibility of their personal attitudes toward mortality. His music in the central aria is sung almost in spite of the music of the instruments which seem to proceed of their own clock. The aural image here is one of funeral bells or a glockenspiel in the bell tower. The strings play entirely pizzicato or plucked throughout and the organ remains silent. You can imagine this sound as the inner workings of the clock played in a precise and regular pattern and rhythm. Above the strings, the two oboes play their melody in parallels. The missing third note of their chord is obscured in the pizzicatos of the first violin part. And to my ear, this further contributes to the mechanized sound of this music, a Leichenglocken, or funeral bells. The tenor joins up musically with the instruments every time he sings the words, blessed hour, singing the third or missing note in the oboe pattern. There are so many choices here from the composer, revealing a musical reality the likes of which only a Johann Sebastian Bach could imagine. In this bizarre time of pandemic, I, like you, struggle with some sort of balance, or is it imbalance, of patience and persistence. Regardless, this cantata from our archive of recordings reveals the cumulative effort of our persistent focus on the study of Bach's music and the possibility of talent assembled around it. Soprano Mary Ruth Lown, bass Craig Jerica, and tenor Patrick T. Waters have each devoted years of service as Marsh Chapel choral scholars. And though we don't hear them singing live today, 
I wait persistently and patiently for that blessed hour when we will again. So <clears throat> the dilemma of today's parable is the dilemma of our very lives. Much of life as in the story and as in the cantata is simply a long wait. It is a long wait and that is just the point. The primitive Christian church endured such a lengthy wait through six decades prior to St. Matthew awaiting the bridegroom's return. And he delayed, and he delays still. In the interim, odd interim, come Sunday, here is an invitation for you and all. Worship on Sunday. Come to and toward the church on Sunday. The doors of this community of faith are open to you on Sunday. That is, you may benefit should you seek patience and persistence from consort with a community born in patience, that is suffering, and persistence, that is endurance. Suffering produces endurance, and endurance character, and character hope, and hope does not disappoint us. Why? Because of the love of God that has been poured into our hearts. There is hardly anything happier than finding a church family to love and a church home to enjoy. Be welcome here at Marsh Chapel. For 15 years I have bathed and basked myself in the genuine love and welcome of this community to my mortal and eternal benefit. You come too. I can think of no better auditory invitation for you than that of the faithful person about to guide us in prayer. Here is the voice of one of our own community lay leaders, Ms. Sandra Cole, our Marsh Chapel membership secretary, on whose prayer and prayers we have come to rely month by year by decade, including and especially this week. God, our help and deliverer, we bow before you anxious and fearful of what lies ahead, and so we bring our concerns to you. We have been through a searing election season, which has pushed us further and further apart as we focus an indicting spotlight on the others, the Democrats, the Republicans, the independents, the non-voters, the elected officials, the candidates, the poor, the rich, the peaceful protesters, the police, and countless other others. Some of us navigate social justice inequities as a way of life, while some of us don't believe there's a real problem. We lack empathy. Some of us feel threatened by the increasing diversity of our country. Some of us value our diversity as a source of strength. As a nation, we are divided. The notion of e pluribus unum, out of many one, is missing in action, much like the corns, coins that bear the, this aspiration. We are in the midst of a deadly pandemic that has forced us to take refuge, separated from our families, friends, and communities of faith. We indict those who, through their actions and words, refuse to believe it is dangerous. We indict, indict those who, through edict or action, strive to preclude the virus's advance. Though we seek your deliverance from our anxiety and fear, we, like David, pause to rejoice and be glad for your steadfast goodness and mercy in our lives. We are thankful that you are our ever-present need. 
help in times of trouble. We are comforted by your presence, for you lead us to the refuge of still waters and restore our souls. As we walk through these existential threats to our country and ourselves, we are fearless, for we feel your presence beside us. For your faithful presence, we praise you and give you thanks. As we praise you, we urgently seek your help. Deliver us from the evil of our personal sins against others. Forgive us, Lord, and abide with us. Walk beside us and help us stay on course in our Christian journey. Help us to patiently follow your guide and take the path of righteousness. Help us to be persistent in following your direction. Abide with us so that we guard against spiritual temptation, stand firm in the faith, and are bold and steadfast Christians. We pray for our country. Give us unity. Give us peace. Direct our elected and appointed officials in the way of wisdom and lead them on the path of righteousness. Bless the veterans who have served in peace or war, who sacrificed and fought for the freedoms we have today. For their courage, faith, and hope, we are thankful. Comfort the sick and those with broken lives and broken hearts. Take the worry from our minds, merciful Father. When we fear what lies ahead, help us to remember that you are our companion through the difficult times. Help us to keep our mind focused on you, to wait for you, Lord, for you alone are our help and shield. As a faithful people, we bring our concerns to you, sure and certain that you will hear our prayers, you will answer our prayers, and that your promises will be fulfilled. We pray these things in the name of the love of God, the Good Shepherd. And now let us, as a virtual community, pray his prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
hätte mir doch bald so wohl geschehen, dass ich den Tod, das Ende aller Not in meinen Gliedern könnte sehen. Ich wollte ihn zu meinem Leibgedinge wählen und alle Stunden nach ihm zählen. Du legst es aufs Verschärbens 
es ganz gewiss, dass ich aus meinem Grabe ganz einen sichern Zugang zu dem Vater habe. Mein Tod ist nur ein Schlaf, dadurch der Leib, der hier von Sorgen abgenommen zur Ruhe kommen. Such nun ein Hirtes ein verlorenes Schaf. Wie sollte Jesus mich nicht wiederfinden, da ihr mein Haut und ich seid gleich was So kann ich nun mit frohen Sinnen mein Seelich auferstehen auf meinem Heiland Gracious God, you are faithful and just. Through the resurrection of your Son, Jesus, you have given great grace to us all. You call us to share the word of eternal life with others so that our joy may be complete. Light the way for us as we seek to live in fellowship with Christ. May these offerings reflect the grace of our risen Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen.
May the sun show warm and bright on you, your darkest night a star shine through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes God's hand to you, the blessing of God Almighty, creator, redeemer, and sustainer, be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen.